0: the new orleans saints offense and defense both show out in their preseason finale against the los angeles Chargers, and effectively put the nfl on notice we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of locked on saints you are locked on saints your daily new orleans saints podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is good who nation and who family welcome into another episode of locked on Saints your daily podcast covering your favorite team the New Orleans Saints part of locked on podcast network your team every day thanks so much as always make a locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credentialed member of the media. You can find me over at uh, CrescentCitySports.com, uh, USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesday's a lot that are fell, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked On. Saints, welcome into another live episode of Locked on Saints. This is a post-game day episode here on YouTube. So thanks, everybody, for being here in the chat Cena, your team every day is already. Don't forget to drop those in the chat comment section, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson. Nola, Tommy, I see you, homie. I appreciate y'all very much for being here as we recap and break down New Orleans Saints action and fallout from last night's preseason finale against the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me start by saying that it was... Fantastic to be back in the Superdome and back with these New Orleans Saints fans going nuts, cheering on their uh, cheering on their favorite team. I know that it was just a preseason game, but clearly the love, clearly the energy was out there, and that energy was met by quarterback Jameis Winston. New Orleans Saints deciding to give Jameis Winston reps early on in this game, and he made pretty good on him, completing four of four passes and leading a touchdown drive in the game to open up the series what's going on everybody thank you very much for being here good morning good morning so what I wanted to highlight here is that I think Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints offense as well as their defense which would go on to produce a three and out after that opening scoring drive may have just put the NFL on notice a lot of people have been questioning what Jameis Winston can do what he can be in this New Orleans Saints offense can he run the New Orleans Saints offense, despite the fact that we saw him do it last year. Now, you would have liked the completion percentage to be a bit higher for Jameis Winston last year, of course. But finishing with 14 touchdowns to three interceptions isn't bad at all. And finishing with the NFL's highest red zone passer rating uh, isn't bad at all. While the New Orleans Saints had Jameis Winston at the helm, they're actually the second best team in converting red zone possessions to touchdowns at a clip of more than 76%. It's not a mystery to anyone in New Orleans that Jameis Winston can run this offense and that this offense can look like a New Orleans Saints offense with Jameis Winston at the helm. But last night, you finally got the opportunity to see it, right? We've seen it in practice. We've tracked it. You've read about it. You've watched it, all of that. But not everyone has, right? Your average run of the mill, daily Atlanta Falcons fan has not kept up with what's going on with Jameis Winston because they're busy tracking the turmoil of the Atlanta Falcons franchise. And so, because of that, They end up missing things and not seeing the same things that you're seeing. Last night, they saw it, and it was undeniable. Sure, you can make a little bit of an assessment here based upon the fact that you didn't have all of the starters out there for the Los Angeles Chargers defense, which is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, a defense that I project to be a top five defense across the league. I've also been called crazy for that because of the division that they play in, but I'm okay with that. I like to take risks in life. I don't wash my apples before I eat them. I just eat them. I'm kidding. I wash my apples. But anyway, when it comes down to it, you got to see it last night. And all the people that have been questioning whether or not Jameis Winston can make it happen in this offense saw that he can without Michael Thomas. Keep in mind that the production that you saw last night from the Saints offense, not only from Jameis Winston, but also from Andy Dalton in the second scoring drive, Mark Ingram, two drives, two touchdowns, not bad for a guy, um, you know, looking, you know, going into what, what is it his 12th year in the NFL. So not terrible for him at all. But that was all without Michael Thomas on the field. You saw how fantastic Alvin Kamara was, his ability to stay on the ground, continue to, push, continue to push piles, continue to pick up yardage. You saw Jarvis Landry with the big 19-yard completion, the big 15-yard completion, or 20-yard completion 15-yard completion. So the 19-yard completion to Chris Olave as well, a five-yard completion to Alvin Kamara over the course of that opening drive, all from Jameis Winston. This New Orleans Saints offense, as I have been saying, For this entire week is going to be good in 2022 as long as health isn't the negative factor that it was last year. We know that health is the X factor in all things. We were that was proved last night. And we'll speak a little bit more on that and what the New Orleans Saints can do next at left tackle, depending upon what's going on with Trevor Penning. We'll get to that in a moment. But the big thing here is that the New Orleans Saints are doing what they need to do to show you who it is that they plan to be in 2022. Not only the offensive side, but you're seeing on the defensive side as well. Demario Davis up the middle, A-gap pressure. You saw the stunt being run by, I believe it was Eric Wilson, who comes in. He cuts off the center, and then that opens up the A-gap between the center and the guard for Demario Davis to fire through. and gets a sack on Chase Hansen. Does he get that sack on Justin Herbert? Maybe, maybe not. But even still, you get pressure on the quarterback. And you can't convince me otherwise, because that's Demario Davis. He does that three to six times a season. There's no other player in the NFL that has done what Demario Davis has done Over the course of the past, what, three, four seasons now? Over 100 tackles, 10-plus tackles for a loss, and three-plus sacks each year? It's incredible production. And there's the New Orleans Saints defense ready to do it again. Marcus May might have gotten hurled at one point in the run game, but after that, he makes two big-time stops in the red zone. And if it wasn't for a defensive back, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, Vincent Gray pulling on a jersey, you're looking at potentially forcing a field goal in the red zone within the 10. Because of Marcus May's play. Tyron Matthew got the first tackle of the game. Jarvis Landry, first catch of the game. LSU Tigers doing a big, go Tigers. So there's a lot going on with this New Orleans Saints team, both on the offensive and defensive side. But you saw the energy there. You saw the level of play there yesterday. That's not a coincidence. That's not just preseason football. That's not, you know, what you expect to see, you know, what you expect to only see when they're going against inferior opponents. That was inefficient. That was a. That that wasn't even an offense that had to make up for its own mistakes. Remember, in the first drive, they had the holding penalty against Cesar Ruiz, and you had the illegal shift against Trevor Penning and and Jawan Johnson. So they also had to make up for 15 yards worth of mistakes on that opening drive, and they were able to do that as well. The thing that you're going to see that's different from this New Orleans Saints team, particularly on the offensive side, the defense is proven, right? And the defense just kind of proved itself a little bit more last night. But... The thing you're going to see on that offense that they were not able to do last year in 2021 is with Jarvis Landry, you move the chains. The New Orleans Saints were 30th last year in third down conversion rating. And that didn't start off well at the beginning of the season and then get worse with injuries. That was a struggle that the Saints had with what their starting unit looked like week one. Now, with Jarvis Landry, with Alvin Kamara, with Mark Ingram looking as good as he does right now, with Chris Olave, with You know, guys like Adam Troutman, when he comes back healthy, a guy like Juwan Johnson that has proven to be a big time receiving threat, Taysom Hill involved in that tight end room now too. And of course, Michael Thomas back, the Saints are going to be able to move the chains. That's going to keep drives alive. That's going to put points on the board. And oh, by the way, you've also got Will Lutz to knock down some 47 yard field goals here and there as well. So that can't hurt either. And the New Orleans Saints defense. Itching to get the ball back into the hands of Jameis Winston in that New Orleans Saints offense. And last night, you saw why. The NFL should be paying attention now. Jameis Winston has answered the call. Jameis Winston has answered the question. Now he gets the opportunity to try to prove it in the regular season as well. All right, coming up next, New Orleans Saints without Trevor Penning for a little while. Uh, It seems that he is dealing with what is expected to be a turf toe injury what that means for them, what is possible, timetable for return is what's next for the New Orleans Saints, and what you should be paying attention to so you get the early indication of what the Saints believe that the timetable is. we got all that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. First, I want to tell you, though, about our friends over at Dave.com. And I'm not just going to tell you about your friend Dave. I'm sure you've got a friend Dave, and he's a very friendly person. Hello, friend Dave. Thank you very much for being this person's friend. We appreciate you. But I want to tell you about the Dave app which is a banking app that's going to allow you to get up to $500 instantly with extra cash because sometimes you need a little bit of help putting gas in the tank, buying a gift for someone. Maybe you're wanting to get a gift for yourself, get yourself a little something. Uh, Maybe you got some bills to pay, things like that. All of those little kind of expenses here and there that are stressing you out a little bit, you can take care of without any of the hangups because there's no interest, no credit check required by Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app and therefore have the ability to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So go and check it out today. Download the Dave app in the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E, just like your best friend's name. Sign up for the extra cash account so you can get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Make sure you visit dave.com slash legal. Uh, tr- instant transfer fees do apply. Banking is provided by Evolve. member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Hi, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again so much for being here with us as we continue on. And of course, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. It is your team every day here. I've seen a lot of y'all in the chat this morning. Good morning. Hope y'all uh, all brought your coffee. I definitely brought mine. I'm ready to go. So um, want to tell you real quick about on Wednesday, August 31st, which is a date that you should remember for two reasons. First of all, the first thing is we have our ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 releasing as we go division by division, breaking down and previewing everything going on around the NFL, answering all of your questions with the guys that know it best. Second reason why you should be paying attention to August 31st is because that's when effectively rosters become official, right? So this is something to pay attention to when it comes to Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning suffered what is believed to be a pretty bad um, turf toe injury. Now, the timeline on turf toe injuries varies. There are a couple of different examples that you can use. Jeff Duncan putting some out earlier today. 2011, Mark Ingram missed six games. uh, 1999, Ricky Jackson missed a few games. C.J. Garner-Johnson last year dealt with this injury, missed four games. Devontae Adams back in 2019 dealt with this injury, missed four games. So you're kind of looking at like a four to six game sort of estimated range here. You won't know anything until you know something, right? But- that's kind of what you're expecting here. Severity and timetable presently unknown. The injury happened early on in the first quarter. Looked like he just kind of got rolled up on all of that. And so it, it's an unfortunate situation, but there are some silver linings to all of this. Let's say that this injury is a six-week injury, okay? Let's just say that this has a six-week recovery time. If that ends up being the case, then you have two weeks right now until the first game is even played on September 11th. You've got two clean weeks. So that takes a six-week recovery time. It means four missed games. That takes a four-week recovery time. It means two missed games. So that means that you could see um, Trevor Penning back and available basically after the London game, potentially even before the London game. So because of the way that the NFL adjusted the preseason schedule, you've actually got two weeks now between this preseason game having wrapped up where the injury took place and the first game of the season on September 11th with. The Atlanta Falcons. So that's good news. That gives you a little bit of time. The issue is that it stifles his progress because he can't he can't go out there and practice with it either, right? So he's gonna have to find other ways to continue to develop and other ways to progress. But after a certain point, really what you need to do is get your hands on some players, right? Into playing the game of football. Like you have to be out there in order to get better and 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 to progress and to develop. So you kind of get he kind of gets robbed of that a little bit, right, with this injury, which is unfortunate. The other good news, though, is that this isn't some kind of like pesky, recurring injury if taken care of well. If he gets rushed out, then it can turn into something that basically goes from turf toe into something else. It becomes, you know, a a, a toe problem that continues to re-aggravate and re-aggravate and re-aggravate over the course of his career. But as of right now, if this is taken care of well, he'll entirely and properly, and then then he gets back out on the field, this is like an impact injury. This is kind of like a broken arm or a broken toe or a broken finger or something like that. It's not something that's going to continuously pop up. It's not like a nagging injury, like a groin injury or a hamstring injury or something like that, which we see impact players across the NFL every calendar year. So that's the other piece of the good news here is that this isn't the kind of, like, uh, I would say, like recurring injury that you have to be concerned about when it comes to Trevor Penning. But the big question outside of all this in terms of in addition to the timetable is just simply what's next for the New Orleans Saints. So there's one thing you're going to be watching for and it goes back to that August 31st date that we were just talking about when all of the rosters become officially week one rosters. At that point, what will happen is that some players that make the team can be moved to injured reserve. If you move a player to injured reserve right now, their season's over unless you release them with an injury designation, right? But once the season begins, if you put a player on, once the, the rosters become official, the 53-man rosters become official, then you put them money to reserve, then they miss a minimum of four games. Then they have like a little bit of a waiting period that you can bring them back. So the, the good news is that the Saints have that mechanism at their disposal. What you're watching for is what happens on Thursday the 31st or thereafter. Once the rosters become official, If the Saints put Trevor Penning on injured reserve, then that means that they expect him to miss the first four weeks of the season. If they don't put him on injured reserve, then it means that they expect him to be back within the first week, four weeks of the season. Now, this happened last year with Marcus Davenport too, to where they didn't put him on injured reserve, but then he also didn't play the first four weeks of the season. So it can go either way. So it's all about expectation, is what you're watching. What are the Saints' expectations when it comes to Trevor Penning's timeline and return? You might be able to know that. Once you get to, um, once you get to August 31st, that might give you a little bit of a glimpse unless you know sooner, right? If it's severe enough and it ends up being a bigger issue, then you'll know a lot sooner than that. We mentioned a four to six week timetable, but we also mentioned that turf toe is kind of unpredictable. Toe injuries are unpredictable. My example for that is back in 2018, AJ Green, AJ Green injured his, uh, toe turf toe injury in week eight. Missed three games, came back, played 17 snaps against the Denver Broncos, re-aggravated it because he came back too quickly and then ended up out for the rest of the season. So you should play this with caution. Thankfully, the Saints have James Hurst, who is expected to be back, quote, sooner than later. Most of the time when Dennis Allen over the course of this offseason has said sooner than later, he means tomorrow. So if that holds true, you should expect to see James Hurst starting week one, which honestly, if both of these players were healthy going into week one, James Hurst would have been my projected starter in the first place. So again, what you're really losing here is development time and depth when it comes to Trevor Penning not being available at the beginning of the season. At this point, you should expect that he's not going to be available weeks one and two. Beyond that, we'll find out in terms of the timetable. So what do the New Orleans Saints do next? They can fill this in-house if Landon Young is healthy. That's another player that they've got to get back. You're also looking at a guy like Louis kid, potentially now also making the roster as a UDFA. We'll get to my roster projections here in a moment based upon the players that are already on the roster, but don't be surprised to see workouts for guys like Bobby Massey, for guys like Nate Solder, for guys like Eric Fisher, or of course, Jason Peters, who are all available on the open market right now. I wouldn't even be surprised to see if there were a couple of phone calls that get made in terms of the trade market. That's going to be on fire over the course of the next four days. As, play, as teams cut down to 53, but want to get assets back as opposed to just cutting the player loose. So the Saints have a lot of avenues here to find depth for a short term in the early portion of the 2022 NFL season at that position. They'll be okay, but they're going to need to add something or somebody there, right? Just to make sure that they're in a good position should they need to dig into depth at any point early on in the season. And hopefully Trevor Pinning falls under the sooner rather than later category and gets back on the field within the first six weeks or so. The two weeks before the first regular season game, though, helps a ton. Okay, that's what you're looking for. That's the update on Trevor Pinning. That's what we know so far, and that's what the New Orleans Saints have in terms of options. You're probably going to see some workouts over the course of this weekend or week. Coming up next, though, let's dive into updating our 53-man roster, which will include Alante Taylor this time. And I'm also going to tell you which players solidified roster spots last week, uh, last night and what two players did a lot of good for themselves, but probably still won't end up with a roster spot just because of the way that the numbers shake out. We'll break all of that down for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, our exclusive online betting partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I think we're going to have some time, y'all. So if you want to drop some questions in the chat as well. I'll try to come back to some of those either today or in our next episode on Monday. I appreciate y'all for being here with us. Make sure you're going to check out Bet Online though, because they've got all the odds, lines, and props that you can ever ask for, whether it be the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got you covered. You want to bet on Jameis Winston as comeback player of the year based on last night's performance? Can't say that I blame you. He is the odds-on favorite for that award. Michael Thomas also involved in that award, but Maybe you want to look at him for a sleeper or dark horse for offensive player of the year. Maybe even Jameis for offensive player of the year. Or if you're like me and you like Lamar Jackson's MVP odds, you can go that route as well. There's a ton for you to check out over at Bet Online. They've also got racing, golf, esports, and uh, even uh, combat sports as well. Shout out to my look alike, Mighty Mouse. So we got a lot going on over at Bet Online. So go and check them out today on your mobile device or your desktop or a laptop. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. get it who that nation wrap it up today's episode of locked on a saints with our updated 53 man roster projection. Now we did a roster projection before the final preseason game. And now we're updating after that game has now been complete because I think that some players solidified and in one case might've even taken a roster spot from other players. Uh, and I think deservedly. So, uh, so let's break this down. We're going to kind of fly through this pretty quickly because I'm still pretty sold on most of my projection, so I'll recap that, but I'll stop where there's a talking point. So the couple of things that we'll discuss throughout this are, of course, listing off the players at each position that I think are going to make the roster. I'll tell you who I think solidified a roster spot for themselves last night. Uh, we'll discuss any notable names that end up being left off of those spots and if they're a practice squad candidate. And we'll also discuss players that could potentially be available on the trade market. So let's break all of it down. We'll start off at quarterback. I don't think much changes here. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. The notable piece here is Ian Book. Ian Book had probably his best performance of his career going back to last year's preseason last night against the Los Angeles Chargers, but I don't think that it's enough for you to force a roster spot for him. I think that he did more than enough to become a practice squad player for you or to potentially draw the interest of other teams who are looking for quarterback depth. Imagine a team like the New York Jets who might have been staring down, looking in the NFC South anyway for a guy like Sam Darnold, now with Sam Darnold having been carted off yesterday, maybe turning their attention to a guy like Ian Book. There's some possibilities here. There were rumors that the New Orleans Saints were getting trade calls about Ian Book before the season even started last year. Perhaps he might have heightened his value a little bit, but I do think that Ian Book very likely to stay in New Orleans, but also very likely to do so on the practice squad, just basically based on the numbers. He's one of those two guys that I was talking about. He did himself some favors, but I think based on sheer numbers of the roster alone, it's going to be really, really hard. Stuff that he can't control, right? It's not about his performance. It's stuff that he can't control, but he had a great performance last night. I thought he played extremely well and more confidently than we've seen from him so far. Running backs, I got the Saints keeping three, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Tony Jones Jr. No change there. Uh, fullback, of course, I still think is a part of this New Orleans Saints offense. Uh, as much eye formation as New Orleans Saints have rolled out over the course of this offseason, I think Adam Prentice uh, is locked in. At tight end, I still have the Saints keeping four. Uh, Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson, Nick Bennett. I think you keep the two blocking tight ends. You keep the two receiving tight ends. There's an argument to be made to only keep three tight ends and maybe open up another roster spot somewhere else. But with Taysom Hill kind of also serving as your QB three, I think you can afford to have a fourth roster spot taken up here at this position. And I think you want the extra blocking tight end through your 12 personnel and run situations. Okay, let's go to wide receiver. This is where I think a player did more than enough for himself to be on this roster. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Deontay Hardy, all easy locks for me, but we'll come back to Deontay Hardy in just a second. Marquis Calloway, I think, answered any questions that were out there about him. There weren't a lot of questions about him, But there were some people asking questions about him, saying that maybe he won't be able to make the roster going into 2022. I think last night, even before the miraculous circus catch, the tip drill catch that should have been a touchdown, but of course, NFL refs love blowing the whistle early um, instead of letting plays play out because God forbid they're wrong. um, You end up in a situation here with Marquez West Calloway, who has gotten the opportunity to show you that he deserves to continue to be on this roster. Traquan Smith left with an injury on that very same play, seemed to be a shoulder, maybe collarbone uh, issue, came down pretty hard on the right shoulder, right side, right side of his head as well. So we'll see what that means for him. But as of right now, I have trouble finding a spot for him on this roster, especially with Kirk Merritt last night. Kirk Merritt ended up with, what, four catches in that game, just over 30 yards, of course, had the touchdown. Thankfully, he had the touchdown on the same drive where Ian Book incidentally overthrew him on uh, you know, in a wide open touchdown in the end zone. That wouldn't have counted anyway because Dejon Dixon was uh, called for pass interference and that went off into pass interference. It's like a pick rub route type situation. Uh, but I think Kirk Merritt did more than enough to show you that he deserves to be on this roster and that he can contribute for you in 2022 as a part of that wide receiver rotation. So good on Kirk Merritt. I want to go back to Deontay Hardy for just a moment. Could Deontay Hardy be one of those players that's on the trade block? I think it's possible. We haven't seen Rashid Shahid as a returner yet, but he was out there warming up before the game. And he looks healthy. If the New Orleans Saints are desperate enough to, for a returner, they have several available. They don't even have to be desperate there. They've got guys like Kirk Merritt and Rashid Shaheed and Marquez Calloway and Tony Jones Jr. who have all showed you they can contribute there. So could Deontay Hardy, a guy who is looking for a long-term deal but has at least three wide receivers ahead of him, could he be somebody that's potentially on the trade market? Could he be one of the players that the New Orleans Saints are rumored to be receiving uh, trade calls about per Nick Underhill over at New Orleans football. So with that being the case, Deontay Hardy, definitely a name to watch. They marched him out there, had him call fair catch with 10 yards of uh, of cushion during one of those punt returns. Are you letting everybody know, hey, he's healthy and available? Hey, is that what the fair catch was? Hey, I'm available. I don't know, but definitely something to watch. All right, let's get to the offensive line real quick, uh, and I'll kind of run through these. This is who I think makes the roster at tackle. Ryan Ramchek, Trevor Penning, James Hurst, Landon Young, Lewis Kidd. Um, At at center, I just have Eric McCoy now. I originally had Nick Martin there, but Lewis Kidd has played really well. And I'm not going to say that he's somebody that's going to challenge for a starting position. You have starters, don't get me wrong. But his versatility, his ability, and what he's done, particularly in the run game, has been awesome. And so I think that at tackle, a very, very important position for you, having that level of depth or having that amount of depth, is really important. And especially now because you're dealing with the injury, depending here, it's not a bad idea to have an extra tackle on the roster. Now that could end up going to somebody else, right? That could end up going to a veteran tackle, for instance, that they pick up. So as I said, center Eric McCoy, no changes at guard, Cesar Ruiz, Andrews P, Calvin Throckmorton. Your special teamers are set. Will Lutz, thank goodness he's back. Blake Gilliken is your punter. Zach Wood is your long snapper. Getting to the defensive side. Defensive end, no changes here. Cam Jordan, Tono Pass and Yale, Carl Granderson, Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport. On the interior, I've got uh, David Onyemata, Malcolm Roach, who so glad, glad to see him co- go back on the field last night. I was very, very happy to see that. He's had a really nice couple of weeks. Um, Contavia Street, Shy Tuttle. I think Jordan Jackson, I know the Saints drafted him in the fifth round, but look, or sixth round, but look, not all draft picks make rosters, okay? So I think he goes to the practice squad, at least to start. Same thing that happened with Kawan Baker. Um, linebackers, here's another space where things, I think, get interesting. Demario Davis, Pete Warner, Cade Nellis, those are your starters. Then I've got them keeping veterans Eric Wilson and John Bostick. And I have them keeping Andrew Dowell. Here's another guy who I think did enough and did a lot for himself, but maybe the numbers don't work out in his favor, and that's Nephi Sewell. I know, he's been getting first team reps. I know, he made some nice plays yesterday. I'm not denying any of that. I think he's looked fantastic. But I think that the numbers right now, based upon what's going on in terms of your injuries with guys like Chase Hansen, who I don't have making the roster right now, based on that injury, although he was back out there um, here recently, and then Pete Werner, I think um, you have to have that veteran presence. So I'm not saying that Nephi Sewell will never be on this New Orleans Saints roster, but depending upon players potentially going to injured reserve, things like that. He might not start off on the initial roster and then end up with opportunity there. So I think he's done enough for himself and he's somebody to keep an eye out on in the early functions that take place after the initial roster is named, not necessarily on the initial roster right away. At safety, I've got the Saints keeping Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, obviously PJ Williams, JT Gray, CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, shadows that line between safety and corner. And then I think Justin Evans absolutely solidified his spot last night. Big special teams hits. Big play, big tackles on defense. The big force fumble, right? To where he, he ends up forcing that fumble there. Great plays as well in the run game. There was one drive to where he played split safety in, in a cover two, single high safety in a cover one, and then man coverage in a run, with a running back running out into the flats. The guy can do everything. He can do everything. And that type of versatility is what gets you on a roster in New Orleans. At cornerback, I've got the Saints keeping. Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson, and Debo, of course, are your starters. Bradley Roby, who is somebody to also watch in the trade market, right? As I mentioned, we're, we're, we're naming some of those guys, him, Nick Van Etter, guys that I've been talking about for a long time that could potentially be on that trade market. And then, of course, rookie Alante Taylor. I accidentally left him off the list when I did the original one because I wasn't sure if he was going to start the season on, you know, if they were going to have him on the roster and they may be moving to injured reserve. So that's why I highlighted Quentin Meeks, but I forgot to give the additional context of Alante Taylor, but he was suited up last night. So it seems like he's he's okay. Um, so now he's got two weeks of practice before he potentially sees the field against the Atlanta Falcons. He'll be the fourth cornerback on the roster, fifth if you count CJ Garner Johnson in that number. So he might not even see the field once you get into formal play. But as a special teamer, certainly would be good to see him out there. So if Meeks ends or so if something happens with Taylor, he ends up having to go to the IR, then Quentin Meeks, I think, is the guy that makes the most sense. A couple of IR candidates to keep your eyes out on when it comes to the post- uh, August 31st roster, right? So this is here. Let me, let me actually do this because technically, 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 this is today's yep. Today's yep is initial rosters are not final rosters. Changes will come as early as August 31st. So this is the thing I was kind of talking about with Trevor Penning, right? Trevor Penning could potentially be moved to injured reserve after making the roster. But if he gets moved to injured reserve before the final rosters are named, then a season's over, right? This is technically still the off season until August 31st. So once August 31st comes, that's when the usual in-season IR rules count. Out for four games, minimum, and then you can return. So guys to watch for that, they could potentially make the 53-man roster initially, but then be moved to injured reserve and then you see other players move up are guys like Trevor Penning, Alante Taylor, although again, he was was on the sideline, he was dressed out, all that was good. Uh, Pete Werner is definitely one of those guys. And then I would probably also say um, to keep an eye out on Chase Hansen there as well. Chase Hansen is one of those guys that could like make the initial 53, get put on injured reserve. And then maybe that's where Nephi Sewell comes up, right? Or that's where Andrew Dowell comes up or whatever. But don't forget that like the initial roster is exactly that. It's initial. Then after that, it becomes, you know, you can do more adjustments and things like that. We have had over 500 people watching this live stream at one time, and I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here. Coming up on Monday, uh, we'll get you ready for everything you need to know. There's a scheduled practice for Sunday. If I'm there, then I'll hit you up after practice on Sunday, but I'll keep you up to date on that. I don't know if that's going to stay or if that's going to cancel, what's going to happen there. Going into Monday, though, we'll start to look ahead to the 2022 season. We'll continue to track a regular season game as it opens on September 11th. We'll also be tracking the 53-man roster because Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are going to be very busy times during that. We'll also continue to discuss trade talks as well. So we got all that coming up for you as we kick off the next week of Locked on Saints. But I cannot thank you enough for making us your first listen of the day every day, your team every day, Richard, here at the Locked on Podcast Network. I appreciate you so much. Next, go and check out Locked on Fantasy Football, Locked on Dynasty Football. Get ready for your fantasy football drafts and seasons because those are probably on the way, if not done yet, or if not already uh, underway. So make sure you're dominating your fantasy football season with those shows. And of course, make sure you're dominating your New Orleans Saints knowledge with this show every Monday through Friday. I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me and this show. Of course, as always, if you see me, say hi. And for everything you need around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.